0: One drink of LaCroix and still plenty for me. I had to give it up, spit it out of my mouth. I think I've drank two coconut LaCroix so far today. Two already today? love it. My wife calls that flavor sunscreen. (laughs) Yeah, Malibu rum.
1: Ever since she's done that, I've not been able to drink it because now I just envision myself drinking sunscreen. So thanks, Annika, for ruining coconut LaCroix for all time. I think it's our our nephew Larry described it as uh, the...
2: Drinking LaCroix is like the feeling your arm gets when it falls asleep?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know know something's there, but you just can't can't get much of anything? Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Dude, that's it.
1: So speaking of bad decisions, like apparently drinking LaCroix or LaCroix, Tim, you had an amazing uh, sermon this week about money and financial decisions and Thank how you, you, so can, much. you can go good or bad with those. So, uh, yeah, let's do a little Please bit of recap for, for those who uh, maybe didn't hear it or need a little bit of a reminder.
0: Yeah, you want me to recap it? Yeah. Like I remembered what? What I did, or, two or, days or should ago? this be
1: a test where we recap your sermon for
0: you? That sounds like more fun. Sounds easier for me since I gave the sermon. I All mean. right, Brian, we'll start us
1: <laughs> off with the recap of uh, <laughs> Tim's oh, man. sermon.
0: I should have paid attention. Shrewd, uh, being
2: shrewd. <laughs> uh well, it was uh, what Luke uh-huh. 16. <laughs> I'm ill prepared was, for this. Yeah, sto- I know.
1: I help you out. <laughs> the parable of the uh, shrewd manager, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, d-
0: dishonest manager. Dishonest manager. Yep. Uh, He Uh, he screws things up um, and he gets fired. Then in the end, he ends up hooking himself up by um, discounting some of the clients that owe his master money. It's a pretty shrewd thing to do. And then the, the master comes and says, wow, that was really shrewd. You discounted the fees on these people's bills so that they would hook you up in the future. Um, and then Jesus, after after Jesus tells this parable, and says the the master commended the manager for his shrewdness. Then Jesus goes right into, the sons of this generation are more shrewd than the sons of light. So in in certain circumstances. So um, just saying that non-believers are oftentimes more shrewd than yeah. believers, which is pretty which is pretty wild that Jesus would use, you know people. Um, outside of the church to, to maybe uh, help us inside the church. I mean, like using them as a good example, not in everything, not in all their um, lives, but specifically in money. And then Jesus goes in and through Luke 16 and just starts giving some warnings about if we're not faithful with our money, Um uh what uh, if we're not faithful with our money you know bad things can happen um, it, it may be dishonest if you're not faithful with your money you if you're not faithful with your money you won't be entrusted with true riches um, talks about the benefits of being faithful and being generous with our money being shrewd with our money one of those um, is to see people come to faith mm-hmm. and and being welcomed into the eternal dwellings like if we're faithful with our money, um, if we're shrewd with our money, we will be welcomed by some of these people that we invested in on earth. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be welcomed into heaven by them, meaning it's going to be awesome. Like this will be a, a much better thing to do with your money, to invest in people coming to faith rather than spending it on ourselves and being kind of selfish and, um, I don't know, stingy was the word that that was coming to mind when I was reading this passage. So,
1: it's a couple of key takeaways for me, and then maybe Brian, you could you could share some of yours. My, one of the biggest things to me was just um, uh, that this was a sermon about money, which you know, like you said, we don't often talk about a lot, but but uh, I think it really fit into the culture here at Outward. That um, I didn't leave that sermon feeling like guilty, even though I have a ton of room personally to grow in in my shrewdness and in my just uh, giving and things like that. Like I'm always feeling that too. I, I mean, I think everybody in the room probably felt that, and I think everybody online, pro- uh, listening to this, probably feels at sometimes like, man, I could be better with my money. But you kept driving it home that there's good news. There's good news. There's good news. And I feel like one of the best things about the, the sermon for me personally was when we got to the gospel, and it was like, I failed, but Jesus didn't. Oh my gosh. I don't have to do better. I just have to look at the one who did better. And my motivation is not coming out of guilt and shame for what I'm missing. But my motivation is like Christ gave so much I want to give. Like I, I honestly 100% came out of that sermon incredibly encouraged uh, by the fact that it was good news. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you got to know the bad news. You got to know where we fail in order to receive the good news too. Yeah, you can't have good news without uh, Je- bad Jesus news. And Jesus clearly lays it out for us there. So that's um, that's cool, man.
2: You had said at one point, like the the deeper you feel the the guilt and the shame over your lack of generosity, uh, like that that just makes the the good news of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us all the better, right? Which mm-hmm. right, I just love that, like the. Good news is fine unless like you really understand the bad news, then the good news is awesome like it it really you know puts it in a perspective. I thought that was that was pretty cool. I also appreciated the explanation of the passage, which I don't think I've ever understood <laughs> this passage before like hang on, is Jesus saying this guy who seems to be ripping off his master is like the one we should be imitating what's happening yeah i it's it super confusing you know uh, r c. scroll read. Um,
0: I listened to him speak on this passage for 30 minutes um, earlier in the week as I was studying. And he spent the first, I don't know, seven or eight minutes of his 30-minute talk talking about how confusing this parable was. He's like, it's clearly the most confusing parable of any parables that Jesus has given like just spent his like the first few minutes talking about how uh, how confusing it is and how he didn't want to preach on Luke 16 he wanted to skip and go to Luke 17 so i think it's universally confusing for people
2: it's convenient that that was the week matt was out of
0: town yeah. for you to take <laughs> yeah. on was that by design i wonder <laughs> hmm? i'm I sure abs- i'm
1: I sure absolutely it was. think so so, uh, it, you know, just thinking back, like, uh, we have all been here at Outward together for quite a, quite a long time, and we have seen some of the early days, especially you, Tim, um, who, have, who have seen this layout. Uh, I'm thinking back, we haven't always, even as a church, made some of the best decisions, but it's incredible to see God's faithfulness as we have gone along and tried and learned and grown in our um, wisdom financially. You guys, think about some of the, the early stages of Outward. Any stories come to mind?
0: Oh, for sure. Just the existence of Outward is, is oh, yeah. the story. <laughs> I mean, um, I give Matt a hard time or, or, you know, I try to poke fun at how the church was started because it was just like, it's crazy that the church is still in existence. Like if you read a church planning book on how to ch- plant a church, I'm pretty sure we, we checked off the boxes, the opposite of everything you should have done. We planted a church for young people, for college kids who are broke. Okay, to start with. And we planted it in the middle of the summer when they're all gone. gone. (laughs) When they're all gone. Uh, We didn't have a a penny to our name, I think, as a church. And we took on, a, I think, a $60,000 lease. Um, There was lots of things in there that um, that were just like probably as a as a business decision. It was just totally risky, like like this thing shouldn't work on paper but just the fact that it has worked and that people saw the risk that Matt and everybody who, uh, was taking in those early days like it's just a clear testament that God has been with us from day 1 like like brought us through like i think god loves the risk i think he loves it man where else could you or where else should you take risk Um, other than the church. I mean, God is with us here. Like, this is a great opportunity to do that. And that's what I think outward is. It's a representation of taking risk, not foolishness. There's a difference there. I mean, maybe some foolishness, but, but mostly risk. And just for the glory of God, um certainly uh, other, other stuff involved there, but I think God loved it and, and has blessed it along the way.
2: I, I've been reading uh, through just my, my personal reading through the Old Testament again and, and just finished Judges and, and finished uh, First Samuel today. And, uh, like, th- this is consistent with what God does. Like, he takes what is an improbable situation and then he makes it, like, outlandishly impossible so that when he moves and saves his people there can be no other explanation than that God moved here uh, right like because if it's like kind of possible then it'd be easy to excuse and go well you know th- it was just lucky things worked out and and I feel like outwards history has been kind of like that like the the, the initial starting of the church is uh, I mean we've, we've thrown around the saying over the years either God moves or we fail like we we're, we put ourselves and you know maybe we're a little a little uh wiser now than than we used to be but like we just end up putting ourselves in situations where if if god is not with us this thing's going down uh but if he's with us then this will succeed and he will be glorified and i it, it just seems i think it's consistent with with scripture and and the way god moves so that
1: he's glorified and and we're not right Yeah, I I could tell you guys, and we could all share here story after story of times when there was a little bit of risk involved or a little bit of a need for faithfulness, and God has shown up bigger than I could ever expect. And it's not to say like, you know, I loved in your sermon, you talked about the fact that this is not to say that you're going to take risk and and God is going to financial you uh, financially bless you all the time. That's not what this is about, but it is to say that God will show up in ways that you don't imagine and you can't ex- expect. And I think the the thing that we've done um, at Outward has been to be in a position, sometimes mm, a little bit risky, but sometimes I think with a lot of wisdom and prayer, and most of the time now, especially where we are as a church, um, is to say like like we don't ever want to be comfortable. We don't ever want to sit with a bunch of money in our account when there's uh, people out there that need the gospel. We want to use whatever resources God has given us to um, extend the gospel wherever we can uh, faithfully with wisdom. And so I think that that's our culture right now. I think that that if we talk about our culture at Outward Church um, and what we want to see people grow in in terms of financial, I think that that's a big piece of that for us you guys want to speak into um you know uh, uh, what what are your hopes especially you guys you you know I get to brag about you guys because you don't have to do it here but you guys are very smart businessmen and you guys are both really passionate about helping people who maybe are a little bit scared a little bit um hesitant towards um giving or what should they do with their finances or money. So um, give give me some, a little bit of mixing the culture of outward here and how we, how can people practically respond to this? Brian?
2: <laughs> well, I'd love to. <laughs> uh, thanks for setting me up like that, Tim. <laughs> Dude, I'm uh, still thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, like practically, right? We, I mean, uh, I mean, Tim, Tim's sermon had a lot to do about you know not not letting greed, not letting uh you know the love of money um, have a hold in your life and and I loved what what you said at one point near the end of your sermon uh like think about what you could do with this money right mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm going to give a hundred dollars and you think about man, I could go do this with it, you know take my wife out for for a nice date or or whatever, and then like to deny yourself of that and say i'm going to give this." Anyway, right, and and like with you said something like at least with those dollars you are showing uh, like the, the love of money or, or you are showing
0: greed. You have no hold on me. That you was have, so good, dude, oh so my gosh. cool. I think it was punch greed in the face. There it is. Punch greed in the face. There's the quote. So take away number one. Punch greed in the face. Be generous, <laughs> dude. I love that. I dude, love that.
2: So, I do need that on a sweatshirt, like the... So like what what are the action steps? It's actually like maybe in some ways the easiest sermon to like ever <laughs> to have action steps. Give some money away. Like just-
0: is it like the most practical thing you it's could so do great. to 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 benefit you and your faith to benefit others? Like it doesn't have to be you know something grand it could be quiet it should be quiet it's not something you like announce to everyone you just do this quietly you, you you be generous you think about like making christ your identity go make your christ your identity sometimes when we talk about stuff like that i'm like what what does that mean how do i how do i do it but in go this situation follow the lead of the holy spirit <laughs> yes. follow him. where funny. is he <laughs> I'm looking. Dude. This is oh. this literally is the most practical way um, for us, I think, to take our faith to the next level. It's just to increasingly be generous in all kinds of areas, and we talked about a bunch of them on Sunday.
2: Can Can I tell you guys a story of when I first started giving? Please do. I I was here at Outward. I was uh, you know I don't know a, a greeter or something. I ended up sitting down with Matt in in his office. Um, and, and he just like looks me square in the eye and and he's like, Hey, what, you know, how are you doing with giving? Are are you, you know, giving faithfully? And it's like, uh, no, uh, I'm not. And, and I was like, listen, I, I make a little bit of money at the beginning of the month and then I pay all these bills. And then at the end of the month, there's no money left. So I can't give, uh, and Matt's like, nah, it doesn't work like that. Uh, you, you, you really need to start giving. Uh, and just, you know, kind of see, see what happens. And I I mean, I was super challenged and, you know, that came along with prayer and stuff like that. But, um, really I was kind of like, all right, so I got some money at the beginning of the month and I gave some, and then I go through the month and I pay the bills and I get to the end and I have no money left. It was a miracle. (laughs) Like it was so incredible. Oh, that was the good, that was a good ending. That (laughs) was such a good ending because I had no money left at the end anyway. And then I give (laughs) to the Lord first. And I still have nothing left at the end, but everything still got paid. Ended at zero. Like, nice. hey, I'm pretty sure that's a net gain. Like, uh, <laughs> this is sure. kind of cool. It it was like the simplest and smallest miracle that just had this <laughs> profound impact on my life. Like, I can give to the Lord and still be broke, uh, <laughs> not be not be like negatively broke, just straight up broke, Just straight uh, up at
0: zero, not in the red.
2: <laughs> but you know, like that. I, I really I like I had I tested the Lord in that mm-hmm. and he, like I wasn't on the street I was I was still there and I was like all right let's try it again maybe we'll do a little bit more this time yeah. <laughs> and just like increasingly as at, at like my faith grew uh alongside my giving growing and and the Lord just continued to bless um and like not not to incredible wealth or anything but like Dude, the Lord just showed up i i didn't think it was impossible for me to give even a single dollar like it, it didn't make any sense on paper yeah but the Lord just showed up and and it was really really cool uh so I, I feel like that's like practical step number one is like just start giving yeah and watch like your heart change as you're no longer you know like desperately clinging on to every single dollar um and then like slowly your heart starts to get softened and And you become more generous. And
0: can I say something? Like practically, when I'm talking to people about saving for retirement, um, we will uh, oftentimes talk about talk to somebody in their 20s or 30s, and there's like three multiple objectives. They're trying to pay off their student loans, they're trying to buy a house, and they're trying to save for retirement. Right? All three are good, and they should do all three. Um, I will typically tell them. Uh, they say, what should I do first? And I think Ramsey would say, you got to pay off all your debt. can't do anything until you pay off your debt. But I I don't, I think you can do all three at the same time. um, Or you can attempt to do all three at the same time. And in regards to retirement, I say, just, you just need to start saving something and get in the discipline of saving. Like, know what that feels like. Have the account set up. Watch that money start to grow. Even if it's just a tiny amount, like, just get used to that. And maybe pour most of your funds into the student loan and put some money aside for the, uh, for the house down payment or something like that. But I feel like giving and being generous with our money could be something similar. If somebody's got a ton of debt and, and struggling, we're not telling you to tithe your rent money, but start with something. Get on the board. Like, just get into that practice of giving regularly and, and thinking through what that money could provide for you and then give it up and give it to Jesus and punch greed in the face and say, listen, I, I want I want to be faithful, at least with a few dollars, you know? Like, let me, let me prove it. I, I, I want this. And prove it with five bucks a month. Like, you don't have to be a hero. Like, let's just start with something.
1: So a couple things I've heard. One is, even if you're in debt, even if you can't fathom giving, Give something in in faith because there the, there's there's a, a sacrifice that must be made there and it, and it's a discipline. If, so we get we get a lot of questions like that. We get well, what if I can't give ten yeah. percent? Give it give one percent. Give five percent. Whatever it is, start giving. And if you're already giving, um, uh, and you maybe maybe you're feeling a little bit stingy or whatever, um, maybe like me who I've been given and I do the auto tie thing, and it's like I love that idea of punching greed in the face by thinking about what I'm giving up and then. Like thinking about what this is going to. I, I mean, I love that. So number two would be can, can give I, sorry, generously. Can I? I'm sorry. Can I in on that? Like yes.
2: If you have debt, right? Because that certainly was was like an issue for me, right? Like I've I've got debt. I've, I've got to you know make these payments, and and there's just no room for generosity. No no room for tithing. That sort of thing. Um, if you have debt, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, and I'm not necessarily student debt, but maybe credit card, whatever, right? Like maybe it's not a numbers problem, right? Maybe it's not a math problem on a budget spreadsheet, but it's a heart problem related to greed, right? It, it's money owning you rather than you owning your money. And actually, the most effective way to get the debt paid off is not to just deal with the math problem, but to deal with the heart problem. And, and you know, as as you've said, like, to punch greed in the face, like you start being generous and you start giving. Uh, certainly, in, in my life, that was the case. the The best way to to deal with and paying off the debt was to actually start giving, which mathematically doesn't make sense, but it starts changing your heart. And then the 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 debt becomes much easier to deal
1: with. That that is so good. That is so good. Um, yeah. And I I think the third point that I'm thinking of, because you know we have to do things in threes, is. It's a holy number. Yeah, it's a holy number. You don't three or seven. You go to four. We got to go all the way to seven. All right. Well, maybe we'll get there. Uh, You don't. You don't. um, You don't do this alone, though, right? Like all of us. If you, if we think back to all of our stories we've had someone that's been influential in us giving, right? And so I would say the third thing is do this, uh, you know, come to someone and, and confess or whatever you want to call it, but just meet with someone and say, I don't know what to do. I struggle with money. I struggle with my finances. Both of you guys I know in particular meet with people on a regular basis um, and give great financial advice. We have a number of people here at the church who would love to meet with you. And it's not going to be some guilt trip like we've been talking about this whole time. Um, we Every single one of us here has been in that uh, that situation. When I started at our Church, I was giving zero dollars. Um, I didn't have any comprehension of what it would look like to even give 10 bucks a month. And uh, I had a lot of help in getting me there. And so I would say the third thing, the third step someone could take uh, and should take is to meet with somebody. Meet with their community group leader. Sure. Go to OutwardChurch.com slash connect. Tell us there. Uh, email us at info
0: at Outward Church. Um, Dude, I will take uh, anybody's. Call or email or whatever. If you emailed, I forgot to mention this on Sunday. I was gonna offer it up um, at the end of the service, but Tim at OutwardChurch.com, like, I'll talk through. Like, let's spend an hour talking through whatever the situation is. I can give you professional and spiritual uh, guidance. I can talk you through what I've done. We'll tell you what other people have done, and maybe. At least just have an opportunity. Completely confidential. Nobody has to know. Like, this is totally in secret if you want to, but it is a resource. Please use it if, um, if anybody thinks it would be beneficial.
2: That's great. Yeah. What, what was that? What was that? <laughs> 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 I don't know. What he wrap just wrap said. it up. That's the <laughs> What's the signal? That's the signal. That's, yeah, we've, been,
0: <clears throat> we've been going a little long here. Sorry about oh, that. Yeah, my watch- Hey, I got one last thing to say. I was thinking about this since Tim's just warming up. Nick reminded me when he said, "Wrap it up." <laughs> I think I think we need to be sh- like just being generous is great. Giving money because we're, that we're trying to be faithful. We we want to punch greed in the face. But I think we can be shrewd as well and think about what that money could do. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like. Who can I benefit with this money? Who can I befriend with this money? Who can I help with this money? How many people can I help get to know the gospel, get to know Jesus through the gospel so that they might come to know Christ? I think we could be shrewd like a business owner would and think through some goals. Like, I want to see 50 people come to know Jesus. How can I allocate my money? Obviously, the local church is a good way to start there. But, like, being hospitable and being generous, like... Like, I, I, I feel like we should be encouraging people to have, like, what's a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, uh, timely goals. I, I mean, I think this applies to this. Let's, that's what sh- being shrewd is, setting goals and, and allocating our funds to accomplish those goals. I think there's something in there that um, we can encourage people to do that would be, would be awesome. That I want to start doing, I guess.
1: Dude, you get me fired up about this, just you
0: being fired up about this. And since
1: we hit uh, four points, we got to do seven, but we'll continue (laughs) this in part two of the Outcast Uh, next time. uh, Three through something. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I I think he ended (laughs) it like ten minutes ago, I'm hoping.